Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. All right, good morning, folks. Welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers here on Tuesday, January 9th. Um, we're getting in the flow of things, even though it's January, I think we've been in the flow of things, but, uh, this season's, I think really starting to pick up some steam, um, trade deadline rapidly approaching. It's funny. I brought it up to you yesterday without thinking about it, but we are a month away from the trade deadline, Zach. So by the way, Zach Cohen's here. It's me and Zach. <laughs> um, so things are really starting to move. We're starting to get more reports and these next like four weeks of games are going to be pretty fascinating because teams do have to decide whether or not they want to take a certain direction. And this next month of games and these latest round of injuries, which we'll talk about here momentarily, uh, will really shape what direction some of these teams take at the deadline. Did you see the newest rumor that the Spurs are interested in Murray and bringing him back? I saw that, and I just don't understand. I mean, I guess you're, you ship them off for something. You're going to get them for like 50 cents on the dollar, so yeah. I guess why not? But I don't understand. Because here's the thing. Because here's the thing, Zach. I think I'll make the obvious joke, right? Which is they're going to get him, and then they're going to bench him and he's just going to come off the bench, and he's never going to play point guard with Wemby at center. Like, yeah. did, did they hate Trey Jones? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, they they don't like point guards in general. But I did I did say to my friends, I'm like, it's it's interesting. They'll trade they'll trade him for three picks, and then they'll get him back for like one pick, and yep. then also we'll have gotten Wemby in the process. So, yep. I do think that he would make a lot of sense as a point guard for someone. I think that that's where you're getting the best value on that that extension he just signed. So, if they were to bring him in and they were willing to start him at point guard, I wouldn't hate it at all. Neither would I, but again, it just kind of it, it begs the question of what's going on with Trey Jones and that dynamic because yep. you've got statistically something pretty good there if you actually put him at point, but they're just they're not really willing to do it. And I don't know if I, I just don't know. Like I, if if you saw signs at the other positions or at the other guys you were trying to play at the position, I should say, then I would totally understand kind of fighting through the growing pains. But there's like there's no growing pains; it's just yep. pains. Yeah, and I also thought that they had ended with some bad blood. I thought that like Murray was bragging about being freed from the yeah. Spurs system when he got to Atlanta. You know, when he went on the played in like the crossover tour and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's, it'd be weird if they were to bring him back, but it does say that they like something about him. Hey, grass isn't always greener. Maybe it was like that. And then you went to Atlanta and saw what a dumpster fire that spot is. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, holy smokes, dude! I got to get out of here. Yeah. This is not good. Not good at all. The two of them just take turns running the offense, yep. Young and Murray. There's no involvement with the two of them. When I was watching that Magic game the other night, I was just like, whoever has the ball in their hands is going. There's no, they're not going to actually pass to each other. I got to watch more of Hawks basketball, but like, do they even run like pick and rolls together? Like stuff like that would be like, like they, be awesome. They don't. They run nothing with the two of them. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's a that's a nightmare that we don't have to talk about today. Uh, <laughs> all right. So speaking of, so that's the latest tra- trade rumor um, that's going around here. I haven't seen really much in terms of trades, but I did mention. Uh, injuries and injury shaping how these teams are going to move forward and that could lead to a trade or two uh, specifically for the Memphis Grizzlies so we get news 
out of nowhere yesterday that uh, John Morant is done for the rest of the season. They have decided uh, that he is going to undergo surgery for a subluxation of his right shoulder. Uh, he suffered the injury on Saturday and it under and it revealed the underlying labral tear. So season-ending surgery expected, and he is expected to be ready for next season. So what makes this interesting is twofold, right? We'll start specifically with where the Grizzlies are at now, which is a bad team that is just going to die here on the vine, right? Like there's nothing going on for them. They're not going to be a playing team. There's really just all about maximizing your potential as a team to get a, a high pick in a draft that doesn't look too sexy. I know you've done some work on the draft already. It doesn't look great um, overall. But again, we never know what these guys are going to be. But it also opens the door, Zach, I think for – I mean, one of the things I initially read was, what do they do now with Marcus Smart? You know, you could theoretically now flip Marcus Smart for something and just try to get assets in a lost season and see what you can come out with. What do you make of what the Grizzlies now are going to do from, uh, moving forward? Yeah, I wrote something about it today on vcin.com, uh, just a short little you know, few paragraphs. I think that they will definitely move like a Luke Kennard. I think that, you know, Marcus Smart's a tough one because you brought him in. You saw a vision where he shares the backcourt with Morant. And I do think that it's hard to say that the results weren't there because they did go six and three in the games that John Morant played this season. So yep. if they wanted to run it back with, you know, the core of this team, I wouldn't hate it. But I did kind of speak in that column just a little bit to like the missed opportunity two years ago that I think it was where they went 56 and 26 in the regular season, lost in the Western Conference semifinals. There were opportunities that year at the deadline for them to acquire win now players and they were not willing to include picks. They didn't want to sacrifice their future whatsoever, but they have missed on most of these picks in the last few years. They've mostly added fringe rotation guys, you know, that you could plug in there and they won't kill you in minutes, but they haven't added anything, you know, noteworthy to the rotation with some of their first round picks. And I do think that, you know, I don't want to say the windows closed, but I do think they're far from the team they were with that mm -hmm. roster two years ago. Um, absolutely agree. Um, I don't think there's a question about that. And I'll throw out two names really quickly. Um, the big one, Kevin Durant. Like you had all the picks and the assets in the world to go get Kevin Durant when he was up and available. Decided not to go do it. And again, uh, OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi would have been a really good piece for them yep. uh, along that wing. And especially in replacing a Dylan Brooks type and going out there and, and potentially filling out the wing and whatever that was going to be for them. But like that, that would have been a really good piece for a good defensive team. It would have really changed everything for them. So I agree. And when you look at everything that's left from the team that went 20 and five without John Morant, what, two seasons ago now, right? Yeah. When he wasn't playing, you know, Trey, um, not Trey Jones, excuse me. Um, he's playing for a Washington right now. Tyus Jones. Ty yeah. Tyus Jones. Thank you. Uh, Tyus Jones is over there in Washington. That's right. Tell this dog something, man. Come on. He knows. So but yeah. Tyus Jones is gone, right? Uh, Kyle Anderson is gone. Uh, Dylan Brooks is gone. Yep. And then while you might get uh, Brandon Clark, who I love, and I got to watch in an empty gym at San Jose State when he played there uh, before he went to Gonzaga. He's awesome. Him being back is not the only thing that's going to fix what's wrong with this team. So very interested to see what's going forward. Yeah, and I, and I kind of brought it up in the story. I didn't really elaborate on it too much, but I brought it up in the context of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who I think are very similar right now and that they are going to be a team that's a tough out in the Western Conference, they have all these assets to go out and make a big splash at the deadline. I think that they're talented enough to do it. I would, I would hate to see them, you know, kind of punt and say, you know, this isn't our window, our windows in the next two or three years. There are no guarantees yep. in the future. So I do think that they're a type of team that they should kind of learn from what we've seen from the Grizzlies, maybe trade three of those a thousand picks that they have and try to do something now. So as we look at it now, um, 
for the Grizzlies. Do you think that there's anything here? Um, I don't have any adjusted win totals that are at least that I'm looking at right now for them uh, to make the playoffs. Obviously, you're laying a massive price yeah. on the no. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, I wouldn't say there's much that is really safe. If you want to find a massive price to invest in, it would see it would be very safe that they wouldn't make it in. Um, I don't think there's really anything you can do. There is an interesting market, I guess, that you can dive into, but I think they're so far behind the bad teams that it's not going to happen. You can take a flyer on, I think this is, hold on, let me get the accurate number here, a 1,000 to 1 for fewest regular season wins. I don't think it gets that bad, though. And again, you got to catch teams like Detroit, which I don't think you're actually yeah. going to do. Uh, for the context, Detroit has three wins. Memphis right now has 13. So you've got to outpace them by 11 wins down the stretch, which I don't, which I don't think is going to happen. So until something pops up with an adjusted regular season win total, we can evaluate that. It's hard to really slug something to, to bet on going forward here. Yep, and that's what I wrote in the column too. I said I'd keep an eye out for an in-season win total. Uh, yeah, the, the the one with the lowest regular season wins, that's tough because I don't even think the Pistons will win 13 games. So right. that's it's, it's almost like impossible that they would win that one. I was kind of looking. They have a team winning streak on the, on the site. Like, I wish that there was like a next biggest losing streak after the Pistons. Yeah, yeah. Like, like coming up the rest of the season, but there's nothing. I mean, there's no way to bet this. I mean, I think that you're really just looking at what there'll be maybe next year. Yep, uh, I would completely agree. Uh, all right, now, the next bit of news here as we move forward. Actually, actually, real quick, before we move off of this, I'll ask this in a general sense. How low does the power rating get for Memphis now as you move forward? We saw how bad it was without Jaw. I mean, we kind of saw it falling apart a little bit with Jaw, too. Uh, this is, and by the way, Jaron Jackson Jr. is dealing with injury, so we'll see if, you know, if that's going to be something that plagues him a little bit here moving forward or if he gets shut down a little bit here moving forward because I think that's the other, like, ramification of this, right, which is Marcus Smart could be gone. Jaron Jackson Jr. could also find his time down the stretch waning in terms of uh, winning something. And, you know, he's kind of up there for defensive player of the year. He's about 30 to one. But from a power rating standpoint, how low does Memphis get now going forward? It goes low. I mean, I'd probably put them above the Wizards and like just right on par with maybe like the Blazers. Sure. Probably like the fifth worst team in the league. I mean, it's also there's also just like a fra like a fragile mindset, I think, in Memphis because when Morant was out with the suspension, there's the hope of him coming back. We're playing to get as many wins as possible with him coming back. Now it's just a lost season completely. And I think that you're gonna see, you know, just bad efforts on a nightly on a nightly basis. Yep, hundred percent. And uh, the fan base had turned on Taylor Jenkins too yeah. uh, during that rough stretch. They wanted him fired. I don't think that's the case. I think he's a very good coach, dealt with a really hard hand in terms of injuries, but we'll see uh how this team actually deals with this. But a really rough stretch for the Memphis Grizzlies. Next up, does it get rough and does it change things for the Indiana Pacers? Because Tyrese Halliburton goes down at a scary-looking scene yesterday in Boston. Kudos to the, the Pacers, by the way. Still pulled it off. That was totally a foul at the end of that game. <laughs> um, and I'm not talking about the Chris Opsorzingas one. Um, but as we look at this for Indiana now moving forward, how bad does this get in the time frame in which Tyrese Halliburton is going to miss? I think what from... Um, from what we have seen in the update, it's around 13 days, uh, maybe up to 30, depending on how bad it can be uh, and if it gets a setback here. But how low does it get for Indiana without Tyrese Halliburton on the floor? I actually don't think it's going to get too low only because of their schedule. I think that they're going to lose the games that they were going to lose anyway, you know, like road games against the Nuggets, uh, road games against the Kings, road games against the Suns. But I do think that they should be able to win – these home games against bad teams, because I actually think 
Andrew Nemhard's a great point guard, and I think that he would be starting on other teams. So I think you're going to see him get thrown back in there if he gets healthy because he's been banged up too. But I think that they'll be a solid team compared to some of these ones they're playing against without Halliburton. They got really lucky that that was only a, a grade one strain because it looked bad. Yeah, and um, the, the the style at which they play is going to help them raise their floor a little bit, even without Tyrese Halliburton on the floor. Yeah. I, I think that's probably a, a big deal for them. Um, yeah, I, my first thought was because yesterday I was on the Boston Celtics, and um, you know, you get that. Obviously, you don't want Tyrese Halliburton to get hurt, but you get that little bit of like, oh, cool, I should be good here. And they were up by nine, I think, at halftime, and then they just completely fell apart. And Indiana Pacers ended up winning that game. But you got a sense of just how good this team still can be without Tyrese Halliburton, especially if the schedule does break right for them as they move forward. And for anybody who's uh, wondering, too, according to Cleaning the Glass, in the possessions without Tyrese Halliburton on the floor, the Indiana Pacers, it's not great. Negative 7.5 net rating, 117.2 on offense, 124.7 on defense. He's obviously not going to make them better on defense. Uh, but they do play like a, one of the worst teams in the NBA when he doesn't play. But I, I think there's ways to circumvent that. So we'll see. Yep, and they get the Wizards at home next game. Then they get the Hawks after that. Like they could beat the Hawks without without Halliburton. Anybody can. So that's kind of the reason I say you know they could be fine. They also have like road games against the Blazers and Jazz. You know, both are somewhat winnable. I'd say so. I, I think that they're just are somewhat fortunate with their schedule, and I think they're also fortunate to have good point guard depth. I think that you know they have T.J. McConnell and Nemhard. Those guys are both capable of filling in. Yeah, that West Coast, that Western Conference swing is, I think, where you start to see maybe the lumps, right? Yeah, like yeah. you mentioned, Minnesota, Denver, Utah, Sacramento, and Portland among their next, um, what are we talking about here, eight, seven opponents or so. Uh, all right. By the way, we should know, too, I don't think this does change anything. They were tied to Pascal Siakam. I don't know if that really changes your outset for the season. Are you still risking assets to go get Siakam if you're Indiana? I guess it depends on how you do without Halliburton, right? I still think if you were willing to do it before, you're still willing to do it now. I think it, yeah. Halliburton, this injury does not seem like it'll affect him, you know, the rest of the season. All right. Worth, uh, worth mentioning, worth mentioning. Yeah. We should also mention too, by the way, we won't focus on this because they stink, but Cade um, Cunningham has avoided serious left in, an injury to his left knee. And uh, he's going to miss, it looks like about seven to 10 days. He'll be reevaluated and then we'll go from there. But uh, that was a weird sequence. Did you see that when they were playing? I think it was Denver where like he was like limping up and down the floor and he's like flexing it. And he asked twice to get out of the game. And I don't know if Monty Williams just like waved him off. Like I rub some dirt in it. You're fine. Uh, but he played like two minutes while like dealing with this knee injury he was getting blown by, couldn't run. And now it looks like it's uh, at least something that's going to cause him to miss up to 10 days. No, I didn't see it. I, I did see him kind of limping, but I thought that it was just fine because he ended up playing, but I did not know it was going to be something that would keep him out, you know, two weeks. Yeah. All right, we'll take our break here. When we come back, it is a short card in the NBA. We'll break it all down. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Zach. First game up on the board, Sacramento on the road against those said Pistons. Sacramento's laying now 11 with a total of 240. I found no need to get involved here. Uh, Kate Cunningham, obviously not going to play here for the Pistons. Uh, he's not really like, hey, look, he's their leading scorer. He's played better. I, I barely want to take my cracks at Detroit, right, with Cade Cunningham. I don't know if I want to do it without Cade Cunningham and with allegedly Killian Hayes potentially getting some more run. Maybe some Jaden Ivey player props might be worth looking at here, but I think that's the extent of it. Yeah, I had nothing as far as the sides and the totals because I just don't even know what this team's going to look like without Kate. He's such, you know, he's 14th in the league in usage rate. Like everything that they do runs through him. He kind of plays at his own pace too. So I think that he's an interesting player that can affect how a team plays like completely on the offensive end. I did take a chance at Killian Hayes over 19 and a half points, rebounds, and assists just because I do think that there's so much opportunity out there now for on-ball players in Detroit. I think he's going to get one of the first cracks at it. Monty really likes him. So I think that this matchup tonight against the Kings that don't defend the point of attack very well, I could see Hayes living in the paint in this one. I kind of wrote in my column. I don't know what he'll make of those opportunities in the paint. Yeah. He's not a very good scorer. He is a good passer, but they could probably play the pass. But it just felt like a really low number, 19 and a half, for a guy that I do think is going to have the ball a lot. He's a willing rebounder for a guard. He has good size. So I took a shot on that. Cool. Don't hate it. Don't hate it at all. All right, next up, Minnesota on the road against Orlando. We're looking at fives across the board with a total of 217. Uh, we got a couple of five and a halfs appearing. So I, I didn't have much today. I, I decided to push back on the market a little bit here with the Orlando Magic. Um, the Timberwolves, if you look at how they have played recently, it has been these two teams in their last 10 games are both five and five straight up. But the antithesis of one another when it comes to against the spread. Magic have covered eight out of their last 10. The um, Timberwolves have failed to cover eight out of their last 10. And I understand the injury concerns right with Orlando. We're talking about no Wendell Carter Jr., no Franz Wagner. Um, there's another name in there that I'm missing that I'm not thinking of right now. Um, uh, Joe Ingles, Jonathan Isaac, right? Yeah, all these guys that have been uh, been missing time. But Zach, you know as well as anybody else, they've missed. They've played a lot of minutes without those guys. And you yeah. still got a key functioning core on the floor here. Your defense over the last 10, 10 games has really stepped it back up. And you're the ninth best defensive rating in non-garbage time over those 10 games. And you're playing at home where at this point this season – you are what uh, twelve and four straight, or excuse me, against the spread somewhere in that range. They played extremely well at home this season, so I think all of those things put together, coupled with Minnesota really kind of scuffling around to being at the peak of their market rating, and a little bit of a difficult sandwich spot, right? Because it's the front end of that back to back with Boston tomorrow. I think all of those, I was willing to push back on the market here and grab five with Orlando. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I stayed away because of the injuries, but at the same time, Paolo Bancaro is playing like some of the best basketball of his life in, in January, which is some, with some of these guys out of the lineup, you know, a bigger role for him, averaging 34.3 points, nine rebounds, six and a half assists in this month. So four games, small sample size, but he has looked great. Uh, huge part of the reason that they beat Denver and Atlanta. And I just think that those two games kind of show you what this team is capable of doing without him. Uh, Jalen Suggs also has taken his game to another level with the guys out. So, yeah, I don't hate it at all. I mean, that's like one where I would probably take the points and then sprinkle the money line a little bit too. Yep. Oh, man, we're so close. We were so close today to playing our new friendship sounder, but uh, we got nothing that we're exactly um, – we're all on. But we do share the same sentiment on a lot of these games. Uh, all right, next up, Portland, New York. New York up to a 12, 12-and-a-half point favorite. Total sitting at 229 right now. Um, undefeated, both straight up and against the spread since OG and Obi's debut. 
Um, now they've played Minnesota, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Washington and Minnesota. That was on New Year's Day, uh, early start time as well. Kind of a weird, funky spot that the Knicks are kind of used to. What do we do here? I, I feel like we're getting to a point, Zach, where we're creeping a little too high on the market rating for the New York Knicks. The problem is, is like I, I like I want to see what um, what the road game in Dallas is going to look like in two days, right? From a number standpoint, that's where I think I want to take my crack against New York, not with the Portland Trailblazers on the road. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think we're a little too high on the Knicks right now, but at the same time, like they beat up on these bad teams. These are yep. not the games they let get away. Um, the only thing I looked at here, I, I didn't end up taking it, was the under. I just think the Knicks yep. have gone under in all the four games they played with OG Ananobi so far, and this seems like something of a high number for two teams that I don't think really want to play you know, an up-and-down game, and I don't think the Blazers really have the capacity to score a lot of points against the Knicks right now. Maybe you look to like a Portland team total under. Yep. But, yeah, I, I am looking for opportunities to go against the Knicks. I do think that, that Dallas game is one that maybe you'll be the first uh, jump at it. Yep, and you, um, if you're the Knicks – you have the op- you have the at least the ability to whatever little offensive hope Portland has. You just put OG and Anobi on them and snuff yep. them out, and um, that's going to be something that's working very much in their favor. All right, next up, speaking of Dallas, uh, Dallas is playing host to Memphis. Uh, Memphis uh, catch a nine total of two thirty five. I played with the idea of, of, of fading Memphis. I would say the thing that kind of held me back here is whether or not, and I haven't seen an update for this hour, um, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to play here today. Jaron Jackson Jr. at least gives them a little bit more upside on defense. Uh, let's see. He is still questionable to play. Santi Aldama is doubtful. Obviously, we talked about John Morant here. I like That's kind of what held me back because I feel like if Jaron's out there, you, you raise your floor on defense. Him and Marcus Smart can at least be play enough respectable defense to keep them within shooting distance here. If no Jaron goes, be curious to see what the market does because I actually think Mavericks then become playable here depending on what the number becomes. Yeah, I flirted with taking the Mavericks even like with the idea that Jaron Jackson would play because we yep. saw Memphis without Ja. It was a really bad offensive team, borderline top 10 defensive team. But, you know, stopping this version of the Mavericks is going to be really hard regardless of who you put on defense. So I think that the Mavericks are going to get theirs offensively, and I don't think Memphis is going to be able to keep up and really make Dallas pay for having one of the worst defenses in the league. Yep, yep. All right, short slate on Tuesday. Last game already. You got something here, and I, I don't disagree. The market agrees. Uh, Lakers open up as five point favorites. Total opens up two thirty and a half. This is actually the side that I. This is what I really wanted to bet here, Zach. Um, as somebody who's been betting these Raptors games over and these team totals over, but I got priced out quick. I missed out on that, so can't uh, can't lay and can't go over uh, after I've missed out on six points here. But what do you make of this? The Lakers down to four and a half. I put a pretty big play, a two-unit play on the Raptors plus five. I also sprinkled the money line here. This is just the type of team that I do think are giving the Lakers trouble right now. It's, you know, Toronto's not shooting a ton of threes since getting quickly in Barrett, but they're making a lot of threes. They're shooting like 40%. And I think that a team that, like, that shoots the ball well from the three-point line is really dangerous for a Los Angeles team that yep. just does not take enough threes. And I also think that, you know, quickly is a good defensive guard on the perimeter. Dennis Schroeder is a good defensive guard on the perimeter. They're going to give – you know, some of the Lakers guards a lot of trouble just offensively in this game. And then you throw Scotty Barnes on LeBron James. He probably does a decent job on him. Barnes is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league on the wing. Uh, like you said, like you've, we, we talked about it a little, Jakob Pertl's out for this game. That does hurt because Anthony Davis is now going to be covered by, you know, someone like Chris Boucher, who he has like who weighs 40 like pounds. 20 pounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got a huge size advantage on him. Davis will definitely eat in this game if you're looking for player props. Yep. But I think if the Raptors do a decent job on everybody else, they're going to have a chance to win this game late. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see like that matchup because like, yeah, Davis should be able to get what he wants here. And that's ultimately kept me out of it. And I don't think Jakob Pertle is stopping Anthony Davis, but Jakob Pertle at least physically has a better shot against Anthony Davis. We'll also win some of those rebounding battles that get a little physical, uh, giving them a few extra possessions that maybe they won't have tonight against them. But don't disagree at all and don't disagree with playing this number battle against the Lakers almost every night. Anytime that they face an opponent, which is going to be more often than not, that can outshoot them with some ease. Uh, it's going to be a pretty good spot. So I very much had the uh, Raptor circle, but Pearl kind of scared me off. But because here's the thing, too. And I actually, you know what? I might just add this still only because like the number itself, I don't like Pearl's worth like what? A point to the point yeah. spread to, to say that the Lakers are still just like clearly better than the Toronto Raptors. I just don't really buy it. Yeah. And if you're looking at the Raptors team total, too, like Boucher being in there might help them even more because he's a stretch big hit yep. shots to the pick and pop. So I think that the offense might not be hurting at all with Pirtle out. And they also I think they're going to give some minutes to Jonte Porter, who I like to watch. So yep. that could be fun. Best bet recap. All right. What do you got? I have Raptors plus five for two units. Raptors money line plus 170, 0.5 units. I don't know why I just said 0.5. Killian Hayes over 19 and a half points, rebounds, assists, too. All right. I like it. Hey, it's a sports betting like uh thing, right? Where people are like, you know, I like a minus 4.5. I'm like, yeah. I just say four and a half. Um, all right. For me, it is uh, Orlando magic. Only thing for me today, catching points, catching five uh, or better at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. Pretty simple. Uh, anything else? Uh, any other bits of news that we left on the cutting room floor? Maybe that we didn't get to. I, I'm not seeing anything, huh? No, I'm not seeing much. Mike Vrabel was just fired. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, that's, um, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think Mike Vrabel was a guy who was living on the um, the reputation of a very solid season in which he made a lot of good decisions. And then the Mike Vrabel afterwards, uh, I'm not really the biggest fan of, including, uh, I mean, it was very early this year, but was it, week, was it week three when they were down by four with like two minutes left against the Saints and he elected to kick a field goal? Yep. Uh, on a fourth down and then like they like never got the ball back <laughs> like, <laughs> that's kind of been what Rabel's been since that really strong year in which they went like what 12 and 4 won the one seed and flamed out yeah I feel like he's either gonna land with the Patriots if they move on from Bill or he's not gonna yeah. get another job yeah I mean I, I'm I, I'm really interested I'm with you like I'm interested to see what that is because yeah like it was lightning in a bottle one year and after that there wasn't really that much yep Wow, head coach of the Patriots, huh? That'll be pretty fascinating. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right, uh, we are all done. Like, rate, review, subscribe. As always, we do appreciate it. And um, one more time, what's um, I know you put it up on the picks page. What else is going on in terms of tennis article up, or um, what's the deal there? No articles until the Australian Open. It's just got like, it, it. it's already hard enough with the matches that's being next overnight. Week. Yep. That's next, next week. week. Okay, okay. I thought that was Yeah, the week. matches are overnight, so it's just hard to do it, especially for like these sure. smaller tournaments. So I'll do it for the Australian Open. But then from there, pretty much every big tournament I'll have written up on the site in some capacity. There we go. We're only NFL, though. Only yep. NFL to Vegas Stats and Information <laughs> Network, baby. That's it. So nobody cares about the other sports. Uh, all right, folks, we appreciate it as always. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.